Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Amen, amen, amen. Well, man, thank you everybody for joining us here today. Excited to have everybody on site. Thanks to everybody joining us online, worshiping with us over the web as well. I am glad you're here. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. It is good to see everybody. It is good to see everybody. See, Prior to the pandemic, we, we used to have like little meet and greet moments where we walk around and hug each other and high five and everything like that. And I don't know if people are still kind of weird or not, but you know, you can dap up the person next to you or like an air high five, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, right? Um, but man, it is, it's good to see everybody, good to have everyone here. I am excited to preach today. This is a sermon that I was looking forward to for a while. I couldn't wait to preach it last night for a Saturday service, couldn't wait to preach it again at nine, and I can't wait to preach it right now. So I'll, let's just go ahead and get into it. We are in our series, Discussion with the Devil. And the whole idea of this series is that we're talking about how the devil uh, tries to get us to trip up, tries to get us to slip up, uh, and he does it through deceit. He does it through lies, through falsehoods. He tries to talk to us, start little discussions, and feed us all kinds of of lies, all in an effort to get us as far away from our Father as we can be. And here's the thing. He's really good at it. <laughs> He's really good at it. The devil knows what he is up to. This is how Jesus says it. This is in John chapter 8, 44. This is one of our foundation verses for the series. Jesus says, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with, a char- with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what we're up against, ladies and gentlemen. We're up against a very skilled liar. We're up against a master manipulator who knows exactly where your goat is tied. Like, he knows exactly how to get you. He knows exactly what sounds good, what sounds bad. He knows how to get us. But the good news is we are not hopeless and we're not helpless in his attacks. This is what it says in the book of James chapter four, our other foundation verse for this series. God gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We can resist We can fight back. We are not helpless and hopeless against the lies of the devil. We can't, oh, well, the devil made me do it. Oh, I couldn't help it. I just had to give in. No, we can. We can actively fight back. We can actively resist against the lies of the devil. And so that's what we've been uh, looking at and learning about in this series, how we can fight back against these lies. We looked at the lie, did God really say, where the devil tries to downplay and distort God's word and put a bunch of question marks all over the place. Well, did he really mean that? Did he really mean this? We looked at the lie that the devil tries to tell us life is all about you, that you're the star of the show. He wants you to start living that way because if you start living like the star of the show, you start to live like God is a supporting character in your life. And he knows that. So he tries to slip you up. And then last week we talked about the lie where God, uh, where the devil tries to tell us that God hates us. God is angry with us. He's displeased with us. He, we're, we're nothing more than a nuisance. He doesn't want to hear our prayers. He doesn't want to be 
around us. And what we talked about last week, that lie is a perfect lead into what we're gonna be talking about and discussing today. Uh, so I want us to kind of start on this word resist, that we can resist the devil, that we can try to fight back against him, that we can push back. Uh, because I did a little bit of resistance this last week. Uh, me and my mom, uh, we were working on a, a puzzle together. Pastor Brenda is my mom. For, for those of you who don't know, right, me and Rachel are siblings and Pastor Brenda is my mother. Uh, we were working on a puzzle this last week. And um, puzzles, puzzles are fun for like five minutes, right? Like, oh, this is fun. Won't this be fun? And then five minutes in, you're, you're frustrated. You're, I think we're missing a piece. Did they include all the pieces? Like, it starts that quick. And we had a 1,000-piece puzzle. And uh, I, Pastor Brent, I think it's safe to say we almost lost our religion trying to put that thing together. Almost flipped a table. Um, it, it, it got frustrating. Uh, we were resisting this puzzle's effort to confound us and to throw us off. We were fighting against it. And this is what I'll tell you. I was so happy we were doing that puzzle together. Together. I've tried doing a puzzle by myself before and I have not finished it because it just gets frustrating. Like you, you work on it and you get to a certain point and it's like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Start to feel bad about yourself. Start to feel like you're an idiot, right? That's the beauty of working with somebody else. Whenever me and her were working on this together, Two things. One, she was able to help me and I was able to help her. Like there were moments where I'm looking at this piece and I cannot get it for minutes on end. And then she walks over and, huh, boop, fixes it. I'm like, wow, <laughs> thank you, right? Like, thank you, appreciate it. But even more than that, what made it so great is there were plenty of times where I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm looking and I'm sure like I just look confounded. I'm just looking at the puzzle, and I'm thinking to myself, you're an idiot. Like, there's only so many pieces left. How are you not getting this? And then I look over, and she has the same look on her face. And I go, well, two idiots working on a puzzle. It's not, right? it's, it's not just me. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one struggling. See, I talk about that as we kick off our sermon today because I believe there are so many of us, and this has included me so many times, there's a lot of us who we come in here today struggling, we come in here today frustrated, we come in here today depressed, angry, and the reason why is because we are dealing with an issue, we're dealing with a frustration, we're dealing with a sin, we're dealing with a mistake, we're dealing with something, we're dealing with a mindset, and it feels like we are all by ourselves. We're alone. It's just me. No one else is helping me with this puzzle. No one else seems to be confounded. In fact, everybody else, every other place I turn and I look, puzzles are put together. <laughs> everybody else has their stuff together. I'm the only one. I am the only one going through this. That is the lie of the devil that we're gonna take on today. You're the only one. You're the only one. That's our sermon title for today. The devil wants us to believe it. He wants us to fall into it. He wants us to think it. You're the only one who sins that way. You're the only one who struggles that way. You're the only one who's messed up like that. It's just you, nobody else. He wants us isolated. He wants us on an island. He wants us to feel alone. Now, did you know, as we talk about isolation, as we talk about this feeling of, of, of being alone, if it's just me, this feeling of isolation, isolation is the only thing that was deemed not good in God's creation. Did you know that? The only thing. As you read the pages of Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, you see over and over again, 
it is good, it is good. God says, it's good, it's good, it's very good, it's good, it's good. And then suddenly we turn to Genesis 2, 18, and it says this, and I'm just gonna read it. We don't have the words on the screen. It says this, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good. It's the only time that phrase appears prior to sin entering the picture of something not being good is isolation, is loneliness, being by yourself, feeling like you're the only one. It's the only thing that we appear to not be meant for. We're not meant for it. I'm seeing this play out in front of my eyes at my house. I told you guys a few weeks back that my daughters are getting their own rooms for the first time. They've always shared rooms. Ever since Evelyn was born, they've shared a room. And now they're not. And Eden is pumped. She loves it. My older daughter, she's, she's like psyched out of her mind. Evelyn, not so much. And it's funny because their rooms are right by each other. So you can just like step and look inside both the rooms. So you look in Eden's and she's all like running around, putting things where they go and loving it and all excited. And you look over in the other one, Evelyn's face down on her bed, just, <laughs> just laying there like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Evelyn does not like it. She doesn't like that she's not gonna be with her sissy anymore. She's not a fan. And so the first night we tried everything we could to make it as comfortable and as like, this is gonna be fun <laughs> as we could for Evelyn. So we have like little lights in her room that she can use at nighttime. So they're like little LED lights. Um, so we have those turned on. Like, there you go, isn't that cool? And we'll turn on your Alexa with some nice music. What music do you wanna listen to? We'll have that playing in the background. We'll leave the door cracked. We'll do all these things. It's gonna be great. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna like this. So we do that. We pray with her. We walk out of the room. Not even five minutes later, you just hear the whimpering down the hallway. <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh. So we go in there, we're like, Evie, are you okay? She's just, I'm just so lonely. I'm, I'm all alone. I'm by myself. We're like, oh my gosh. We, we had a very similar reaction to God in Genesis 2.18, right? It is not good for Evelyn to be alone. We must find a sister to come cuddle with her. And so we look at Eden's room, we're like, Eden? get in here now. <laughs> like, you can sleep in here tomorrow. You need to sleep with your sister tonight. She needs you in here. And so she did. Eden came in. They slept together in uh, Evelyn's room for the first night. Uh, and we were very accommodating for Evelyn. There wasn't a lot of like, oh, come on, get over it. It's not a big deal. We're all here. We're all together. It's just a wall separating you two. No, we were very accommodating for her because her concern, her want, her desire is 100% legitimate. She wants connection. She doesn't want to be alone. And of course she doesn't. She was made for connection. She was made for relationship. And so were you. And so was I. We were made for this stuff. It's, okay, think about it this way. The only thing deemed not good in the original creation was isolation. And the only thing that we will take with us from this life into the next is our connections, is our relationships, Think about the value behind them. Think about why they're so important. <laughs> Think about why we were talking for a while up here today about ministry partnerships. Because what we know, we, we, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the way people find the most connection here at our church is through ministry partnerships. The, the, the bonds that are formed, the friendships, the connections that are made time and time again, they happen on serve teams. They happen through people being on production together people serving in the nursery together, people being on hospitality together, people serving in the shining light room together. That's how these connections happen. That's how these bonds are formed. And we know that because connections are so important. We wanna do everything we can to foster the, uh, them to make sure that they're happening because we need them. We're made for them. 
That's why we want ministry partnerships. That's why we want C groups. That's why we want to get people connected and involved. It is so important, and that's exactly why the devil wants none of it. That's exactly why he wants no part of you. Excuse me. That's why he wants no part of you being involved with people. He doesn't want you to be connected. What did we talk about week one of this series? We talked about the fact that the devil's end game, what he's driving towards is distance between us and the Father. He will do whatever it takes to drive distance between you and your heavenly Father. It's what he wants. It's his end game. It's his win. If he can have you as far away as possible, that's a win. If he can have you distance from God, that's a win. And what's so dangerous about isolation is that all the other ways that he gets us uh, to drive ourselves away from God, it's almost like we don't even realize it's happening. We just kind of start to drift. We just drift into distance. Isolation is different. Isolation, the reason it's so insidious and it's so dangerous is because we don't drift away from God or from people. We actively choose to get away. We actively choose, no, 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 I'm not sharing. I'm going to keep stuff to myself. I'm not going to talk to other people. I'm going to put on a mask. I'm going to be somebody else when I'm around the church people and somebody else when I'm around everybody else. That's why it's dangerous. Now, how in the world does the devil do this? How in the world does he breed this need and this want for isolation whenever connection is the cry of our heart? Everybody, I don't care how introverted you are, you want connection. <clears throat> we all do. Everybody, the most introverted person in this room can only go so long without being around somebody else because we need it. We were hardwired for it. So if, if we have a need and if we have a want and if we have a desire that we are naturally predisposed to, how in the world does the devil get us to turn our back on that and actually choose isolation, choose withdrawing from people? How does he do that? I think it all comes down to one big word, issues. He knows our issues. He knows our problems. He knows our sins. He knows our struggles. He knows our fears. He knows our doubts. He knows our issues. And guess what? You got issues. (laughs) Tell the person next to you, you got issues. You got issues. You can tell them back, I know, lay off me. (laughs) I know, I'm working on it, right? (laughs) You've got issues, and I've got issues. We, We have money issues. We have issues in our sex life. We have issues with with our friendships. We have our issues at work. We have all of these things that we struggle with. We have all these things that we fight about. We have all these issues that we are dealing with, and the devil knows each and every one of them, and he knows them intimately, and he knows them with accuracy, and he knows them with detail. He knows our issues, and this is what he wants to do with your issue. The devil wants to trick you into thinking your issue What you're dealing with, what you're struggling with, the devil wants to trick you into thinking your issue is special and scandalous. It's what he wants to do. He wants to tell you the lie that what you're dealing with, ooh, that's real bad. I've never seen nothing like that before. Never seen anyone have that kind of doubt before. Never heard of anyone sinning like that before. Never heard of anyone messing around on their wife like that before. Never heard of anybody lying like that before. Ooh, that's... That's a special case. Sure, sure, everyone's broken. You're just a little bit more broken. No, 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 we're all sinners. Everyone's welcome here. We're all sinners. You just sin a little bit weirder than everybody else. 
a little bit grosser than everybody else, <laughs> a little bit worse than everybody else. Your sin is just, ugh. That's what the devil wants to tell us. Your sin, your issue, it's special, and ooh, is it scandalous. You better keep that to yourself. You know what those church people will think of you if they find out what you really are. You know what those church people will think of you. They'll, they'll be fine if you just change real quick, but ooh, you, you know how church people are. Just hold it, keep it to yourself. Man, that's a scandalous sin. That's a scandalous struggle. That's a scandalous thought to have. Don't tell anybody about it. The devil tricks us into thinking our issues are special and our issues are scandalous. I wanna read to us, we're gonna be in the book of Galatians uh, for the majority of the remainder of this sermon. Uh, Galatians chapter six, verses one and two. Listen to what the apostle Paul says. He says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. Be open to one another about your burdens. Be vulnerable to each other about your burdens. Say, hey, you're not the only one, me too, about your burdens. And in doing so, you obey the law of Christ. That is the truth. That's the truth. The truth that, hey, we all are broken. <laughs> None of us have it all together. We, we all have struggles. We all have things where we fall short. We've all missed the mark or are missing the mark or will miss the mark. That is every single person. That's the truth right from Scripture. But the devil wants us to believe, no, 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 no. See, yeah, everyone misses, but man, you're uniquely broken. You're uniquely twisted. There's something uniquely and specially wrong with you. And if you share that, if you're open with that, if you're vulnerable with that, people are gonna get a taste and be like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, let, let, me, let me illustrate it this way. We, we've all been to a picnic, potluck dinner, you know, something like that, a holiday dinner, and, and there's that person, either in the family or in the friend group, who always brings that dish you know what I'm talking about? It's that dish. It's the dish that it looks the same by the end of the party as it did at the start of the party because no one's touching it, <laughs> right? You, you know what dish I'm talking about. It's that dish, um, and generally what it is, it's like it's the dish that someone makes and, and they, just, they just did too much, right? Like, like for an example, as society, we have decided, as civilized people, we've decided, man which is a sloppy joe. Like that's, if you want a sloppy joe, you use bandwidth. We've, we've decided this as a society, but every now and then you'll go somewhere and someone's got a twist on sloppy joes and you know, you, you don't know it. And so you go up and you're like, oh man, I'm hungry. <gasps> sloppy joes, can't wait to dive into a sloppy joe. And so you build one, you get ready, you take a bite. And as you take a bite, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> and just at that moment, like, Diane walks up behind you and she goes, I see you're enjoying my sloppy joes. I put raisins in it. You're like, oh, well, that's what I'm, mm -hmm. Raisins, yeah, that's, that's what I'm tasting. Raisins and sloppy joes, like what in the world? Um, and so you take the bite and they walk off and then someone else comes up and they're like, you got one of Diane's sloppy joes? Yeah, I made that mistake a few picnics ago. I avoid them, <laughs> avoid them ever since. Just make a mental note. And you're like, absolutely, I will make a mental note. I'm, <laughs> I'm not eating one of these again. I'll just do the hot dogs, right? I'll just do the hot dogs. And it, it, this is what I'll say too. If, if you're the person in this room who's going like, I've never experienced that, you're the person. You're the person bringing that dish. You're like, I have, I can't relate. What's Pastor Jacob talking about? Everyone loves my stuff, right? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get so many unfollows this week on Facebook, people like, well, my sloppy joes are good. <laughs> um, but here, here's the thing. I think a lot of us feel that way about our sin. 
that it is so special and it's so unique and there's something off about it. Sure, everybody else has man which, <laughs> but mine's different. And so if I really am open and vulnerable about that thing I'm struggling with, if I'm really open and vulnerable about the way that I sin, if I'm really open and vulnerable about the fears and the doubts and the questions that I have about my faith, if I really share that in like a small group or I share that with my friends, if I, if I let anybody really know, it's gonna be the, yep, I won't try that next time. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll just kind of like, maybe start avoiding her, maybe, maybe make our friendship more less of an, a friendship and more of like an acquaintance kind of thing. Like we'll just kind of say hi at church, but that's it because I didn't know they were like that. I didn't know they struggled with that. I didn't know they thought like that. I didn't know they were that, like, ugh. And it's a fear that we have. And it's a fear that the enemy has planted in our heart by trying to make us believe that our issues are special and our issues are scandalous. I know this for a fact because I've been in this position multiple times. Recently, I've been in this position where I feel like, man, I'm struggling with something and I'm, I'm trying to keep things afloat in a way that nobody else is struggling with right now. Everyone else's puzzles put together. Everybody else seems to have it all together. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get it together and it doesn't feel like I can and I don't wanna talk to anybody and feel like a failure. And so I'm just like, you know, what in the world? And, and so you know what I'm tempted to do? I'm tempted to isolate. I won't tell anybody. Let me just figure this out. Let me figure it out. And you know what I'll do? I'll figure it out on my own. And then on the other side of my struggle, I'll share the testimony <laughs> about how God got me through. And I'll share it on the other side, but I don't want help getting through it because I don't want people to think differently. I don't want people to be upset. I don't want, I don't want anyone to be worried. So I'll just, I'll just handle it myself. I'll isolate. I'll keep it to myself. And I'll share it on the other side. We buy into that lie that our sin, our struggle, our fear, our doubt is special and unique, and this is the natural consequence of that lie. If we buy into that, if the devil gets his teeth in and we start to believe that our issues are special, we'll then believe that the typical prescription for our issues won't work. Because we're special. Because we're unique. Because we're a different case. And so we'll, we'll look at scripture and we'll see that. We'll see what we just read. Let me read it one more time. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, you will obey the law of Christ. See, that's the prescription when there's sin or struggle in our life that we can humbly humbly tell people about it and say, hey, this is, where, this is what I'm... I'm struggling with. This is where I'm having a hard time. And that they can gently and humbly help us. We, we share each other's burdens. And then we do the same thing for them. That's what's supposed to happen. But you know what the devil does? And this is, this is so important. This, this might be worth the, the price of admission today, just knowing this. The devil, the devil is smart. He's not a dumb liar. And so what that means is he's not gonna come at you with scripture and say, all of this, a lie, None of it's true. This is all fabrication. This is all myth. Don't, don't buy a single word of that. He's not going to do that. What he's going to do is he's gonna tell you, there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good stuff. And man, I love that. What Paul said, that's true. Yeah, share each other's burdens. Be humble. You know, be open and honest with each other. Be vulnerable. Absolutely, that is great advice. But not for you. That's great advice for like everybody, but man, you're not everybody. You're special. Your sin is special. You're unique. You're scandalous. 
keep that to yourself. I promise you, you won't like what will happen. You're gonna tell people about this and they're gonna shun you. You're gonna tell people about this. They're gonna try to change you instantly. You're gonna tell people about this. They're gonna be freaked out or upset or angry or mad. They're gonna look at you differently. You're not gonna get invited to the same things you're invited before. You're not gonna be able to help out in the same way you were able to help out before. You're not gonna be able to serve in the same way you were able to serve. Keep it to yourself. Handle it yourself. This is great advice, but not for you because you're special. The typical prescription won't work for you. You see, our air conditioner, whenever it was broke, those were, those were some dark days, weren't they? When our air conditioner was broke in the dead of summer, I didn't like the person that I was becoming during those, <laughs> during those weeks. And we had people who were like, man, it feels like that's taken a while. Like, what's, what's taking so long for it to get fixed? This is what the issue was. And if, if I'm, I hope I'm, I'm articulating this correctly. This is, what, this is what the issue was. So our air conditioner units, they're old. Like, they're old, but they're actually in really good condition. The units themselves is not what was broken. The thing that went bad was, I believe, the control board for the air conditioner units. But here's the thing. Our air conditioner units require a specific kind of control board. And because they're so old, they don't make them anymore. Isn't that fun? So guess what that means? That means when the control board goes bad, we can't just... Like, okay, we'll run to Home Depot, run to Lowe's, run to some HVAC store, and let's just pick up the part and have somebody install it. No, 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 we, we can't do that. Because it's so old, we had to have the company custom make a control board for us. Like, they, they made it. Like, this wasn't something just off of a production line, like, hey, we need to make a special one-off control board for this air conditioning unit. Don't we think the same thing about our sin, our situation, our struggle, where we're at? Oh, it's so different. It's so, so different. Yeah, sure, share each other's burdens. That sounds great for like 99.9% of people. But man, my situation is different. Man, my struggle is different. You don't know what I'm going through. And so the normal stuff, it's just not gonna work. I need a custom-made solution for me. All of this, this is great stuff, but man, it just doesn't, it doesn't know me. And it doesn't know what I'm going through. And it can't speak to where I'm at. That is exactly what Satan wants us to believe, that our issues are special, so the typical prescription won't suffice. Because it's too bad. Our, our, our infidelity, whew, I've never seen anyone mess around on their wife like you have. Yeah, that's gonna take a special case for things to get fixed in your relationship. Man, I've never seen anyone with a porn problem like yours. Whew, that's, that's gonna take something special. The stuff in here, it's good, but that's not gonna help you. Man, that's scandalous. Keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody. People will think so much less of you. People will judge you. Uh, keep it to yourself. You're, you're how much in debt? You know what people are gonna think about you. No self-control, no discipline. Man, if people see how much you're in debt, they're gonna say you've never given to the church. There's no way you ever are able to give with your, you know what, just figure it out. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, this is great advice for most people, but you know what? You just figure this out. Keep it to yourself. You're, you're strong enough on your own. You'll be able to get through this. You don't need people from the outside. Just handle it on your own. Can I tell you something? And this, this might sound a little ouchy, but I'm including myself in this, okay? Um, you're special, but you're not that special, <laughs> right? Like, can, can we just declare this today? Just, just say it after me, repeat after me. I'm special, but I'm not that special. <laughs> like, I, 
we're not. Like, yeah, you're, you're special. You are. You're unique. You are one of a kind. There's never been anyone like you before. Absolutely. That is the truth. But come on. <laughs> you're special. Yes. But you're not that special. You're not so special that just throw all this out. Now, all of this stuff, all of the, all the things, all the prescriptions, they won't work for me because I'm a special case. My brokenness is a unique brokenness. The sin that I struggle with is a unique kind of sin. None of this will work for me. No, 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 no. See, you're special, but you're not that special. And if you think you're that special, you throw away the typical prescription for problems that actually works, that actually fixes things, that actually gets you back on the path towards a fulfilling life. You throw all that away for a distorted fix, for a distorted mindset of, no, 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 not share each other's burdens, Hold on to your own burden. Figure it out yourself. Don't burden anybody else with what's going on in your life. Just keep it to yourself. Figure it out on your own. Then you can share it after the fact. Then you can share with people what God's done in your life, but don't let them in on the front end. They'll think less of you. They'll think differently about you. Keep it to yourself. Stay isolated. And all that happens is things get worse and worse and worse. When you think you're the only one and you start to live like you're the only one, you're done. Intimacy in your life will get choked out at the root. You'll start to notice it, that you start talking differently to people. Maybe you were more open in the past and you start withdrawing and people are, hey, how's things going? And you used to be able to, yeah, just a hard time right now. I'm just going through a hard time. Can, can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? This is what I'm going through. And instead of that, you start noticing, hey, hey how, how are things going? Good, good. Good, that's what you say, right? Just good, good. You ever notice that the worst things are in your life, the higher the pitch goes? Good, good. Like, how, how things going? Good, really good. Like, <laughs> things are great right now. <laughs> and you do that. You, you put on that mask. You're like, nope, don't want to tell you. You are going to look at me different. You're going to think less about me. I know you guys think we have a good marriage. I don't want you thinking, I want you knowing what's really going on. I know you think I got self-discipline. I don't want you knowing about my, my issues of pornography. I know you think that I'm a great giver at the church and I support and I'm a ministry partner here. I don't want you knowing how many thousands of dollars in debt I am. I can't, I can't share that with anybody. So no, the mask goes up, intimacy gets pushed out and isolation takes over. No, doing good. <laughs> Everything's good. Glory to God, <laughs> right? It is a bad place to be when we're isolated, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. We can resist the devil and he will flee. Not he might, not maybe, not if you try hard enough. No, he will. We don't have to give in to the lies anymore. We don't have to buy the, the stuff that he's selling. We can reject it we can resist him and he will flee. So how do we do that when it comes to this feeling, this, this draw to isolate when it comes to the things that we're dealing with in life? How do we resist isolation? I think one word is so unbelievably key when it comes to resisting the urge to just isolate and keep things to yourself, and that word is humility. Humility. Isolation cannot survive when humility is present. It can't. It may take a little bit for it to die off, but eventually it will die off. It will get choked out and it won't be able to live. You will not isolate. You will not feel like I have to keep everything to myself. If you are a humble person, but more than that, if you are around humble people. If you get yourself around people who are truly humble, 
truly vulnerable, truly able to say, hey, look, me too, this is where I've been. This is what I've been struggling with. This is the sin in my life. This is the ways that I'm trying to get better and get back on track. If you get around people like that, isolation will get choked out. You get around the kind of people that Galatians 6 is talking about, the brothers and sisters who, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, gently, and humbly help that person back onto the right path. People who share each other's burdens and in doing so obey the law of Christ. When you get around those people, isolation, it, it's, on a time, it's on a ticking time clock. It just is. I, I, years ago, I remember having uh, a particular season of struggle in my life. It's the only one I've ever experienced. I've been perfect ever since. Um, <laughs> but I, this, is, this is a particular season that I can, it just really stands out in my mind where I'm just struggling and had sin in my life and had issues in my life. And I remember feeling like I'm the only one. Like everyone else's puzzles put together. Everybody else has got it. Everyone else is good. And it's easy to believe because Social media, everyone posts their highlight reels, you know, everyone else is, just finish my devotional again, glory be to God, like everything's great, and like, my life is just blessed, and meanwhile, everything's falling apart in yours, and you're going, oh my goodness, am I, is it just me? Like, am I the only one, and it felt like that. But I had remembered my uncle, Dwight Mason, he's also a pastor, that he had talked before about issues and sins and struggles that he had had, and it just clicked, like, you know, okay, I you know what, I can talk to him. I can talk to him. I, like, I, don't, I don't feel really comfortable doing it, but maybe I, maybe I can pull one of those, like, so a friend of mine uh, has been <laughs> having, like, a problem. He's been thinking about, you know, this in the wrong way. And what, what would you tell that friend of mine, right? Like, what would you tell him? So I, I talked to my uncle, and as we're talking, he's just completely vulnerable, completely humble, just open, just an open book, and just lays everything out. And instantly as he's talking, I could feel the, like, the need for isolation, the, the hold that it had just withering away. Just like, oh, <laughs> this guy? The same stuff? The same thoughts? The same, the same mindset? All of it? The, the same as me? This guy who's a great pastor and a great husband and a great dad struggles in the exact same way. <sighs> then it's not just me. Even if it's just him, I'm still not alone. <laughs> Even if we're literally the only two men on planet Earth who have this exact same struggle, this exact same mindset, at least I'm not alone. It's not just me. And as soon as I started to realize that, as soon as that shift happened, I started to realize, well, okay, then if it's not just me, if I'm not a special, unique case, then this all does apply. <laughs> like, this is, this is true, I'm not a special case where I need a special prescription that's gonna work only for me. No, it will work. It will work for me. I cannot stress this enough. You need humble people in your life. You, some of you may have been like, well, maybe that's why I'm not getting involved in a ministry partnership or a C group here because I kind of got my own group of friends. Like, I already got a group of friends. I don't need a C group here. I already got a, a stuff that I do. I need, need to serve here. You very well may. What kind of connections are those though? I'm not telling you just kick your old friend group to the curb or anything like that, but man, if the biggest connections you have are people who are all wearing masks or people who make you feel like you need to wear a mask around them, what kind of connection is that? What kind of connection is it if you can't truly be open and vulnerable and say, man, this, 
this is where I'm struggling. This is what's going on in my life. I, I, can you pray for me? You just be thinking about me. I'll do the same for you. You need humble people in your life, people who will let you know you are not alone, you're not by yourself, and that we all struggle. Uh, during our ministry partner rally before services that we have every week, uh, a young ministry partner here at our church shared with us, and she did exactly what we're talking about today. She shared some struggles and some mindsets that she's been dealing with and some, some fears and some doubts that she's been just rifling through and fighting against. And as she's talking, as she's saying, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I've been struggling with, what's been a hard time for me. I was sitting towards the back. You could see every head in this place, all the ministry partners going. Just, and some people shaking their head like, same, same. There is power in that when you realize I'm not alone. I'm not this special case. I'm not weird. I'm not like this unique thing that nobody's ever heard of and no one's ever dealt with before. There is power, and you only find that out if you get yourself around humble people. Church, you need that. You need that in your life. You need those kind of people in your life. I'm gonna ask the worship team if they would come back up. As they come back up, I wanna close out with just this last thought you don't just need people in your life that you can be humble and vulnerable around. And, and hear me on this, this is so important. You need to be a person who can be humble and vulnerable in your relationship with God. You need that. Because this is what I'll say, and this is, this is what I'll say about that. It is so easy. We just fall into this idea that we don't need to be vulnerable or humble before God because why do I need to be vulnerable with somebody who already sees me? <laughs> Why be humble and vulnerable before someone who, like, he already knows everything I'm going through. He already knows everything I'm dealing with. He, already, he sees every thought I have. He sees everything I've ever done. He knows all of it. Why be vulnerable before him? Well, you see, God knowing what we're doing all the time, what we're thinking all the time, and us being vulnerable with him are not the same thing. Us being vulnerable is a conscious decision saying to God, God, I'm not just gonna say, well, you obviously see what's happening, so you know I'm, I'm being vulnerable. No, it's, it's like my relationship with my wife. I didn't just tell her once on my wedding day, I love you, and then that's it. Well, remember? Remember on uh, that day I told you I loved you? Didn't that suffice this whole time? You've known this whole time. No, it's a constant thing. And in the same way with God, it's not just, well, God, you, just, you see it. You see what's going on, so I'm being vulnerable with you. No, it's an active choice to say, God, I'm gonna talk with you. I'm gonna articulate. I'm gonna tell you how I'm feeling about this situation. I'm gonna tell you about the struggles I'm having. I'm gonna tell you about the sins that I'm dealing with. I'm, I'm gonna talk to you about these things. I'm going to truly humble myself and be vulnerable before you. And I think one of the reasons it's hard for us to do that, it's easier for us to just be like, no, God sees everything. I don't wanna think anymore about it. Just, that's it. I think one of the reasons it's hard for us to actively choose to say, no, I'm gonna be humble and vulnerable before God. The reason that's hard is because most of us associate coming into the presence of God with two words, isolation and judgment. When we think about standing before the throne of God, those are the two words that come into play. I mean, think about it. I, I'll just share. I'm not going to speak into your situation. Maybe you had uh, different experiences, but I remember watching preaching on TV or hearing about preaching at other places. Luckily, this has never been the case here at Cornerstone, but I remember hearing of preaching before where you would hear pastors say things like, when you stand before the throne of God, it's just you. No one else is going to be standing there with you. It is just you. And you know what's going to happen? I bet it's gonna be like one of these big screens we have up here. There's gonna be a big screen and you're gonna be standing there at the throne of God and everything you've ever done is gonna be playing up there. 
every thought you've ever had, every lie you've ever told, every misdeed, everything you have ever done is gonna be playing on that screen and you by yourself are gonna have to give an account for every single thing you've done. How terrifying does that sound? Now who wants to be ushered into the presence of God, huh? Amen, right? Who, who wants to do that? That is, if you honestly know what that means, that there's nothing more terrifying than that. Nothing scarier than that. Who in the world wants to be humble and vulnerable, come before the throne of God with, with what you're dealing with when that's the case? It's just one more thing to put up on the big screen. Just one more thing for him to pound me over the head with. And it's just me. I'm isolated. I'm the only one, the only one with all of my isolated sins up there for everybody to see. Do you know that being in the presence of God is not about isolation and judgment? This isn't Pastor Jacob's opinion. The words of scripture tell us over and over, the presence of God is not a place of isolation and judgment. It is a place of connection and grace. When we stand before God, we don't get isolated, we get connection. We don't get judgment, we get grace upon grace upon grace. That is what it means to stand in the presence of God. I, I think like um, w- one of the most terrifying experiences, if you, could, if you could say, Pastor Jacob, what's a nightmare you would have? It would be for me to be teleported onto the set of American Idol and me have to sing in front of all those people. Like, like if right now it was something happened to all the vocalists and none of them could sing, And in our time of need, everyone's like, Pastor Jacob, you must lead us in this worship set. Like, you you need to lead us now. Man, I'll be like, throw me in shark-infested waters before I will do that because I don't, there's a reason I preach. There is a reason I preach. I don't have a great singing voice. I just don't. And so that's terrifying to me. And it's terrifying for me, the same reason I think about those singers on American Idol. Like, talk about isolation. It is just you, just, just you. Just your voice coming through. That's it. And talk about the judgment. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> People are saying, yeah, I can see why he preaches. I can see why he's not on the worship team. Like, it's a place of judgment. It's a place of isolation. And that's what it can feel like in our relationship with God. And why in the world would we want to voluntarily be vulnerable before him? Why in the world would we voluntarily want to come into his presence if that's what it's going to be like? Isolated sins of just me and judgment. But this is the truth. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4. This is some of my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. Verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same things, the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So, and I love this next verse, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. That is what we find in the presence of our God. We're not isolated. We find connection to Jesus, our high priest. We're not by ourselves. We're with him. We, we don't find judgment. We find grace and mercy when we need it the most. That's what we find. That's why the devil wants to keep us away. That's why he wants you to believe you're a special case. That's why he wants you to believe you gotta shut up about your struggle and about your sin because no one wants to hear it. They're gonna think different of you. God's gonna be upset with you. He's not gonna love you. The truth is, 
that we are to be in the presence of God because that's where we find what we need the most. Connection, grace, and mercy. And the other thing that we find out is that we've never actually been isolated. We've never really been alone. It's, it's a figment of our imagination to think that we've ever actually been alone. Our God goes with us. Our God fights for us. Our God is present with us. Even in these moments, even in the midst of our struggles, even in the midst of our sins, he is there and he loves us. He has never left us. That's the truth. We couldn't be isolated if we wanted to. He never leaves us on our own. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.